if you go to a household, they're watching the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball. There's not a lot of families watching the WNBA or women's soccer or stuff like that. I, I just think as a society, we kind of unknowingly trained ourselves just to watch the men's side. I think as coaches, we need to do a better job empowering each other. I feel like every coach does something really well. We're not always smiling and happy with each other. Trust me, I've, I've seen many cases where we're not, but I know at the end of the day, no matter what, no matter if we're in a disagreement or if they're fighting, every time we step on that court, they come together and they, they fight like heck to win a basketball game, so that's pretty cool. What's going on, everybody? I'm Max Price, and you are listening to the High School Coaches Club. Thanks for tuning in and being part of this amazing community of coaches, trainers, administrators, and players. I am so grateful that you've chosen to listen to this podcast and be a part of the community. To anyone involved, the importance of high school sports truly cannot be overstated. And I think we're really, really seeing that here as 2020 comes to its final conclusion. Thank goodness. And we dive forward into everything 2021 has to offer us. Here in episode number 13, I'm joined by a man I'm fortunate enough to call a colleague. We both coached our first games as high school head coaches in the same calendar year, that's 2017, for the same school, and we both get to walk the same hallways on a daily basis. Our programs have paralleled each other in a lot of ways, but he's also done some amazing branding to help bring the girls' basketball program here at South Salem High School into the modern era. That man is Adrian Lewis. In this conversation, Adrian shares what it was like taking over a program that had won over 100 games and two state championships in the largest division of high school basketball in Oregon in just the four years before he was named head coach. He dives into the intricacies of putting his own stamp on a team that already had a long culture of winning, how he bolted down the future of the program through running free youth clinics and the eventual birth of a youth basketball program, what it was like to gather his girls in the hallway of the hotel just hours before they played in the 2020 state semifinals to give them the most difficult news of his career, that the season was over. And he also talks us through the current climate of women's sports and how having a daughter of his own has helped shape him into the coach he's become. It is truly an honor, and I mean that in every sense of the term, to welcome on the head girls basketball coach at South Salem High School, Adrian Lewis. All right. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Adrian Lewis. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Before we get too far in, uh, I've got to ask you, uh, can you give me the biggest pro and the biggest con to having a beard? Oh, uh, biggest pro is it keeps me warm, uh, regardless of how cold it is outside. Uh, biggest con is my four-month-old son keeps grabbing it and yanking my hair out. That's, that gets kind of annoying sometimes. Uh, that's a good one i like it uh so adrian uh, obviously we know each other uh we work together we teach together and then you obviously coach and we kind of became head coaches about the same time can you kind of take our listeners through uh how you got to where you are now maybe starting back in like your high school playing days yeah so i'm originally from uh, turlock california uh better known as god's country i feel like but uh i played football basketball and baseball there. Then I graduated and went to Willamette University here in Salem, Oregon. Uh, played football all four years. Also played basketball my first two years at Willamette. I uh, love everything about Willamette. It taught me a lot. Uh, it gave me a wonderful opportunity uh, in life to be successful. So I can't thank them enough. Uh, then when I graduated in 2010, uh, I had no idea what I wanted to be. Uh, I got my bachelor's in mathematics. Uh, that's all I knew. <laughs> uh, then kind of got plugged into South Salem High School. Uh, an older football buddy of mine graduated two years before, and he coached football here at South named Chris Mulatalo. He was kind of on the way out, but I uh, thought it would be awesome if I could join the program and kind of got my foot in the door with Defoe in 2010. So uh, I remember sitting down in the lunchroom uh, here at South with uh, Defoe and Short, and they kind of just asked me a couple questions, and 30, 45 minutes later, they asked me to be part of the staff. I was supposed to be the offensive coordinator for the freshman team. Uh, a week before camp started, uh, the head freshman coach at the time got a new job in Klamath Falls. So a week before, they asked me if I wanted to be the head 
uh, freshman football coach and during the headlights right there. I uh, started coaching football there. Then during the summer, I was doing some football workouts. And Tyler Allen was the head basketball coach here for the boys' side and looked at me and asked if I ever taught or if I ever coached or played basketball. And, yeah, we started talking and got involved with the boys' basketball program. And I was the head freshman football coach for two years, and I did head JV football coach for three years, three or four years. Uh, for basketball, I was assistant my first year, head assistant JV. Then I was the head JV uh, basketball coach for six years. I think I've been fortunate enough to be around some amazing coaches like Defoe and Tyler Allen, who have really shared a lot and kind of helped mold where I am right now. Uh, so it was it was a blessing to be able to, to the right timing. Uh, again, I, I can't thank them enough for everything they've helped me accomplish. When did you make the transition from boys basketball over to girls? Oh, well, this would have been my fourth year, so 2017. Uh, that's when I made the transition. Uh, at that point, I was getting kind of antsy. I knew I wanted to be a head coach of a sport, and I was at that time I, I was thinking basketball. I wanted to be a head coach of basketball more than a head coach of football. At first, didn't really give it a time of day. Uh, then Tyler Allen kind of talked to me, said, "Hey, this is a good opportunity for you to get." Uh, some experience and it's a great program and I said oh yeah sure and didn't really think about it but then uh, actually Nick McWilliams who retired actually talked to me about it for about 45 minutes to an hour and he shared some great knowledge he he started on the boys side then ended up on the girls side and he kind of just convinced me that uh, it's the right route to take again as of now I would never go back to coaching boys no offense to all those Lovely boys. I, I coached in the past, but uh, I really think I found my calling coaching girls basketball right now. And I've had a blast so far. Yeah, I think you have too. For somebody who, obviously I know, but for somebody who has no idea about anything South Salem High School, uh, what would you tell them if they asked you, hey, give me the rundown on South Salem. What's it like? It's incredible. I don't, there's so many different words I can use for South Salem. There's no other high school I'd rather go to. Uh, there's no other program. There's no other teachers or colleagues I'd rather be a part of. It's just everything I believe in, uh, they hold value to it. So I'm big on relationships. I'm big on um, helping students out. I'm big on giving uh, people chances and they're all for that. So it's incredible. And I think our principal Tiffin does an amazing job uh, over the last several years of kind of running the show. But it's kind of been another family to me, really, especially after college. I was I had no idea what the heck I wanted to do. I was kind of lost. And this, this school, this program um, has really brought me in and helped kind of turn me into a man, I want to say. Specifically, the girls basketball program has been really good for a pretty decently long amount of time. Um, yeah. You know, really good, talented girls have come through there. Recent years, like Avina Westbrook, she's currently mm-hmm. now at UConn playing under, you know, legendary Gino Ariema. Before her, Katie McWilliams is another one. She, you know, went to OSU and now then she headed off to play professionally overseas. And so it's a, it's a pretty storied program, right? Yeah. No, they they had uh, a lot of great girls. Jordan Woodvine was another one. She uh, played at Boise. Then she uh, transferred to Corbin, was a, a star at Corbin. Uh, this is, this program before I was a head coach did some uh, incredible things. I think they won two state championships. I think they got the third year, uh, Mick Williams last year as the head coach. So um, they were really winning a lot of ball games. They were, they were dominated in the league. Uh, they were the one top tier programs in the state. Unfortunately, I didn't have the privilege of coaching all those uh, talented players uh, you mentioned, but I, I kind of got my uh, fresh start. And um, luckily there, there are still talented girls in the program that, uh, were able to, uh, to take us back to where they have been. Yeah, so I just went back earlier today and I was looking like, okay, the four years before Adrian was hired on, uh, <laughs> the program, I, I added up 104 wins, 13 losses, two state titles. Like wow. it's like, that's <laughs> it's ridiculous. So anyway, so uh, really talented players. Uh, obviously, Avina Westbrook was the most recent. She's the Gatorade Player of the Year that year uh, for the state. Um, then she went off to Tennessee. She's at UConn now. but. So then you come into the program now, uh, you take over as head coach, you know what you're going into, you know, the, a lot of talented girls had just graduated, including Avina. Um, it's a young program, an inexperienced program. 
you take over as head coach kind of in May of, of that year heading into the next year. What are your kind of first steps that you took when you became the head coach? Well, first thing I wanted to do is I sat down with every player in the program that was returning. Uh, it's like as soon as I got hired, I made it a, made it a top priority to make sure I sat down with every returner to kind of get their feel of, of what they like in previous years, what they like to see to happen in uh, next year, uh, what are some things that could change, kind of what their priorities in a basketball program was. Because uh, I really wanted to, eventually I wanted to make my own stamp, but uh, going from uh, all those championships and, and wins, you can't do it overnight. So I kind of wanted to see what was working well from them and, and see how I can um, keep it going for the next couple of years and kind of put my mold or my view on it. Because when I first got the job, I got asked every day, how are you going to do this? You guys, they've won so many championships. You're, you're setting yourself up for failure. And it was getting kind of old, but I, I knew that I was able to kind of bring this program uh, to, uh, to the next century. It was kind of an old school program. Um, I loved Nick McWilliams to death, but he was an older guy. So um, technology and social, social media wasn't prevalent in the program. So um, I was kind of able to brand our, our, our program, really. And that was kind of cool to see. Um, we have our logo. We have our social media that everyone has access to. Uh, and kind of get the, the coverage of the girls more, kind of get them known and seen more. And, uh, again, it, it's taken a couple of years to do that, but I think we're at a good place right now where, where we can still celebrate what happened back then, but we've kind of established our own culture here. I have a similar experiences. So Chris Riley was the head coach before I took over the baseball side. He's he's around our age, more or less, but uh, old school in the sense where he doesn't himself. I don't think he's ever had a social media account or anything like that. <laughs> no. So when you're talking about like branding the program, I'm thinking, yeah, we, I had to I had to do the same thing. Like I had to make all these social media accounts like you. We ended up making a, a new logo as well and just tried to like create this like youth push of like this is our new this is the new Saxon baseball. It's not better or worse than whatever was before it. Just like you, this is Lady Saxon's basketball. It's not better or worse. It's just this is kind of the direction we're going in. And it's kind of a weird spot as a head coach when you take over, especially programs like South Salem where it's not like they've never had success, like they've been successful for a long time. And so there's this weird, this weird idea of like honoring the culture that's already there, but then trying to put your own, like you said, put your own stamp on it because ultimately it's, it becomes your program and you can't just copy what, what had been, you know, done before you're, you're Adrian Lewis. You're not Nick McWilliams. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's kind of my top priority. What I want to do is kind of change the narrative of it's, it's not Nick anymore. It's, it's Adrian now. And, um, there was, I will say there was probably still a lot of doubts after my first year where we finished 12 on 12 and people are looking at me sideways, but I thought especially that senior class my first year with uh, Josie Hicks and uh, Morgan Winder, they really bought into what I was trying to do. And, yeah, we may not have been uh, the best team in our league that year, but I think they really helped establish uh, the foundation that we're at today. So um, I was fortunate enough to have some great leaders over the last couple of years that kind of uh, bought into what I was saying. Yeah, I, I had a really similar experience my first year, too. We we had about a 500 record or so. Um, and the seniors I had, guys like Tori Doton, were super bought into what I was doing. The foundation and success we have now is because of seniors like him uh, and and the girls you mentioned, like Morgan and them. And so it's a it's a weird deal where you're asking seniors you, you you may not win all a lot of games but that team you had actually that i was looking at them uh, earlier today and even in your guys's losses for the most part they were anywhere from like three to seven point losses like the majority of those 12 losses the first year so you guys must have felt like you were you were i don't know that you were you probably got some feedback that you were at least going in the right direction because if you're going in and getting blown out by 20 30 points every game you could probably start questioning yourself and what you're doing yeah, no, um, yeah. I, I don't care if we lose by 100 or, or two points. It always sucks to lose. But, uh, again, like you said, we weren't getting blown out or anything. We just, uh, we just at that time, didn't really have that explosive player uh, that they had in the past. Um, again, losing Avina where she can do a lot for you um, helps, especially in, in close games where you know that they can get a bucket. But, Again, I was the proudest about the kind of the culture that we wanted to build, the family culture we wanted to build. And, and um, I wanted to make sure those seniors 
uh, felt like they were they were getting the most out of the year, and uh, I think three of them were able to play at the next level. So that was that was pretty cool to see as well. Yeah, and another thing you've done to help build up the the program is on the youth side of things, and I think mm-hmm. something that South Salem High School does really well is is build youth programs. So there's the, you know, the boys basketball side, there's the girls basketball side, there's the youth football program, there's the youth baseball program. Our school kind of as a whole, almost, almost separately in a lot of ways, kind of created youth programs um, as a way to, you know, tie kids into the Saxon program early on. When did you guys start your youth program? Uh, so when I first got the head coaching job, uh, again, that was another focus or that was a big question from the admin team. Cause uh, prior to that, the girls basketball didn't really have a youth program. They may have had uh, a team that a coach or a dad coached on the side, but there was nothing really made. So my first year, um, uh, we just, we just started doing free clinics. My big thing is I just want, uh, girls from the ages our grades fourth through eighth grade just coming to South Salem, coming to play basketball, having fun, getting them to see my face and other coaches' faces. So for for the, the whole first year, we did maybe one or two free clinics a, a month just to get girls going. And also at the time, a good buddy of mine, Jason Herber, he reached out to me and saying he really wanted to to kind of take this on. So he's right now, he's like my youth coordinator president. He handles majority of all that stuff. And he kind of ran some stuff through uh, the hoop program. So he had a whole bunch of contacts that he was able to reach out. And with Jason Herber and running those free clinics, my, my second year, we were able to get a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade team. uh, uh, My second year as a head coach. So it was a long process and it was a lot of time that I had to give up. Uh, with all these free clinics. Uh, but I think at, in the long run, it, it made us who we are today. I think so too. The girls basketball program at, at South Salem High School, it's super strong. Obviously, we don't have any kids in person right now, but in a normal year when you, you're in the hallway standing there, you just watch people walking by and uh, they they wear their Saxon basketball uh, backpacks around and their their sweatsuits and you you gear them up and uh, was that something intentional where you wanted to make that part of the brand where you you try to sell kids not only through social media and building a new logo and taking it your direction but also trying to outfit them in ways that um, most other teams aren't really outfitted. Yeah. Uh... Everyone likes Nike, or I think all majority <laughs> of kids like Nike, and they really like it when they don't have to pay for it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, fundraising has been a key for that, um, and, I, and like you said, I think it helps the branding where you can see, oh, the girls' basketball team has backpacks, Nike backpacks. They have sweats. They have jackets. They have shirts, all by Nike, and um, I don't pick any of it. I give it to uh, usually every year the varsity team. I say, hey, these are options. What do you look like like the best? And they pick. And I say, cool. I don't. That's uh, fine by me. And at the end of the day, it usually all fits me anyway. So um, I really just put it on the team and see what they like. But, again, I think that's a big part to what we do is um, give them a whole bunch of gear um, so they can wear it around proudly and, and look uh, stylish as they do it. You also do every once in a while free like giveaways before games of t-shirts, right? Yeah. How do you how do you go about getting money raised to to get t-shirts to hand out to just regular students to try to get them to come to your games? Yeah, so <laughs> two different things right there. So uh, usually our girls basketball team doesn't get the greatest attendance, and which is a shame because I think over the last couple of years we've we've been pretty exciting to to watch. But um, one way is to uh, hand out free gear. All, all students love free gear, especially shirts. So uh, what I've tried to create over the last couple of years is I get sponsors. So we create shooting shirts that uh, our entire program wears. It has whatever we want on the front, but on the back, it has the sponsors uh, logo or sayings that whatever they want to put on the back of the shirts. So it's basically free advertisement for them. Uh, so my Entire program wears it, so no matter where we go, uh, different 
schools or, or cities, we have these. Or when we hand them out, even the students start wearing it, and you can see them start wearing it at uh, school. So if they're wearing it at school, they're wearing it outside of school in the community. Um, just a, I think it's a great way we've found to kind of uh, be able to hands-free stuff to get more people come to our games, but be able to recognize those who are helping us out as well. And it's, it's been pretty successful the last three years. Let's dive into that first part a little bit deeper then. In a basketball, you know, gym, you've got a somewhat small space. If you've got crowd in there, it's loud, it's energetic, it's, it's exciting. You can feed off that energy when you're playing. And it's nice when it's so loud to where you're, you're trying to talk over people and they're, you know, shouting so they can hear you. But you're right, at, at girls' basketball games, the attendance doesn't seem to be great. Why do you think that is? Man, that's a billion-dollar question. Um, I think it has to do with uh, a lot of different things. Uh, one is, I think as a society, um, we are raised to watch men's sport, or uh, boys are more likely to watch sports as when they're young rather than girls. I think all of that kind of... Uh, contributes to that attendance issue. Uh, again, I, I just, um, every time, I, I'm not saying all families do this, but majority of, if you go to a household, they're watching the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball. There's not a lot of families watching the WNBA or women's soccer or stuff like that. I, I just think as a society, we kind of uh, unknowingly trained ourselves just to watch the men's side. And I would be the first person to admit I've I've been guilty of that, especially when I was younger. Um, and over the last four years, I've watched uh, I watched more women's sports than I have probably men's sports, really. Uh, with uh, WNBA, what they're doing is it's incredible. Uh, our national soccer team ha- has been awesome, uh, dominant. And again, it's just, I think we just have to expose more people to it. And, and people, what people say is it's not as... Uh, flashy or, or or athletic, I guess. And then it comes down to, are you watching the game for athleticism or are you watching the game actually to watch the game? Because if honestly, if you're trying to learn the game and if you're trying to better yourself, you, you should be watching the w, WNBA. If you're just trying to watch highlight reels, obviously the NBA is going to have a, some more highlight reels with some of those players and what they can do. But um, I think we just have to keep pushing at it, keep uh, – encouraging everyone to uh, to follow along and i think uh, society wise i think we're getting better that's nowhere near where it needs to be yeah that's what i was gonna ask you next is do you see it getting better because i see it getting a little bit better i I see less comments about it or hear less comments about things that i think a lot of teenage boys used to say or or Mm -hmm. at least was um i mean i'm sure i was part of it too of of you know talking down on girls sports and it's, I think it's, I think that's ultimately where the, the biggest issue ends up being is at the high school level, you get teenage boys who, you know, part of being macho and manly and stuff means I, you know, I got to talk down on girls sports. And I've, I've seen that start to change. I hope it continues getting better. But um, like you said, I was probably, I was probably guilty of, of not being the biggest girls sports fan when I was younger growing up as well. Yeah, I, I just think I think that masculinity part that you brought up is um, there's a everyone talks about masculinity and all boys have to be so masculine and tough and all that good stuff and um, while doing that sometimes brings down others um, not just in sports or with females just in, in general um, I've been uh, following it longer I've been in a in a program with Kit my own talk called Toxic Masculinity. And it, it kind of goes through um, how as a society, how we define masculinity and how um, how some coaches or teachers or people in power um, push that toxic masculinity. Uh, and it kind of it ruins uh, parts of society right now. Yeah, you see a lot of it, especially right now. Over the last couple of weeks, there's the I, th- I think her name is Sarah Fuller. I might I might be wrong, yeah. but she's yeah. the, the kicker for Vanderbilt. And you see. Social media is a dumpster fire anyway, but um, you, you'd see and hear comments that I don't think people, most people would make in person, but you, you just see like, wow, there, there's just, there's, there's a difference between being a real man and just being like fake masculine. Like this is what men are supposed to do. So this is how I'm going to act. But um, yeah, I hope it's changing. I think it's changing. Uh, but I think 
I think what you're doing is really smart and trying to get kids to come to games and trying to build a brand and focus that way, especially now that you have a daughter, you, you, I'm sure you see the importance of it even more so. Yeah. Uh, I have a daughter. She's two and a half, almost three now. Um, and she's, she's probably one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. Um, just, um, everything I do now is to make sure she has a chance. And also for my wife, my wife has been, um, on this for her entire life. So she's kind of helped me start to see this. Um, so I'm, I'm surrounded by a strong woman at home and my beautiful daughter who I just want to make sure she has every opportunity to do whatever she wants and, and no one can tell her no. Because the biggest thing right now is it's female sports in general, it's on decline. Uh, there's a stat that says girls drop out one and a half times the rate as boys by the age of 14. Um, I know I've kind of seen that uh, at the high school level too. We're getting less numbers at times who want to participate. And, and I think it's just because of all everything that goes on around. Uh, you know, I, I teach freshmen most of the time. And it's it's funny how many girls, you know, as you're talking to them about whatever sport they're playing, how many more of them seem to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to play after this year, though. This is going to be it. And it, it doesn't seem to really be that way on the boys' side. Like that conversation rarely goes that direction in class when I'm talking to a boy. And I'm sure there's tons of reasons that could be, but I definitely see it too. You talk about your family and your daughter. And if you ever get the chance to come to South Salem and go to a basketball game, he'll see you with your daughter before the game. She's obviously a huge part of the program. She, you know, pulling her in has obviously been something that you've made a considerable effort to do and make make your family part of the Saxon basketball family too, rather than them being two separate parts of your life. And so that's kind of where I wanted to go next is just in terms of being a, a dad, being a husband, those two things are really huge, important jobs. And then you add the coaching part on top of it. How do you manage to do all of those and be present in all the different aspects of your life? Uh, honestly, I probably, I'm not great at it, but I, I do try my hardest to uh, be the best father, be the best husband, and be the best coach. And at times, you feel like you're not doing enough for either one of those. Um, but for my program, I, I, I preach family. We talk about family, and one of our mantra is family. Forget about me. I love you. So if I'm going to be preaching that and, and pushing that, it's it's only right if I, my family's involved with this too. So I made an effort to make sure I bring my daughter, uh, my wife to different activities. Like uh, my daughter and my wife have gone to team dinners. Um, I make sure they're around during games, before and after games and all that good stuff. Uh, because if I can bring the two together, then I'm more successful that way because I can do all three at once rather than I'm only a husband and father at home, and I'm only a coach at South uh, when I can really do all three at one spot. So, again, it's an uphill battle every day, and, and again, I don't think I'm perfect at it, but, again, I want to make sure I'm the best of all three of those. Having all three together it really helps me out. Yeah, you, you mentioned the team dinners. You know, for those listening, the South Salem girls basketball program appears by all by all the views I get to see, they appear to be a really close-knit, tight-knit group. Like when you talk about families of any group in our school, just from the outside looking in, they seem to be the most, kind of the closest to being able to really actually call themselves a family, just in the way they, they walk and talk to each other and interact and what I see, you know, pictures on social media and things like that. So it's a tight-knit group. I know you guys do a lot of things outside of the actual basketball environment. You mentioned team dinners. I know you do some things to give back to the community. Can you kind of share some of the things that you've done uh, as, a, as a group that have helped bring you together as, as a team, as a family? Family is important for us. And one thing that I've, or we've done for the last three years is we have team dinners at uh, someone's, uh, a player's house and it's someone new each week. Um, this is just for the varsity level. So like last year, we would go to Gretchen's. We would always do it on a Thursday, the night before Friday game. So Thursday night would be at Gretch's and the following week we could go to Victoria's house and having our girls around another family. I think that does uh, a lot of things. It, it makes them comfortable with each other. Having a, a group of girls at your house kind of have to open up a little bit. 
Um, and those parents that invite us always make fantastic meals and they always have some type of game for us to play as well. So those team dinners have been pretty special and, and a lot of great memories. And our JV and JV2 teams have started to do that a little bit. Not as much. I think they do like three or four team dinners a year. But again, it's just getting girls outside of a basketball realm um, to talk about other things rather than basketball. Uh, so that's big. Um, another thing is we practice together. Uh, I don't know how many high school programs have all three levels practice, practicing together. But typically every Wednesday during season, all three levels are together and we practice together. We do different drills. So it kind of helps them um, get to know each other a little bit. Uh, the varsity girls get to know the JV2 girls and vice versa. And the JV girls get to know everyone. Um, so really trying to incorporate all of us as much as we can. Um, every now and I think I, twice twice a year I do uh, program-wide team dinners. So I rent out the cafeteria here and all three programs come together and we play different games uh, together. So that's been pretty cool. But just trying to get these girls to interact outside the basketball court I think goes a long ways because – like you said, I think we do have a close-knit group, and we're not always smiling and happy with each other. Trust me, I've, I've seen many cases where we're not, but I know at the end of the day, no matter what, uh, no matter if we're in a disagreement or if they're fighting, every time we step on that court, they come together and they, they fight like heck to win a basketball game, so that's pretty cool. The practicing at all three levels thing, I've known that would be a good idea for years. And this past year, I was really excited because I had plans kind of put in place to be more present with my like JV and freshman teams and to bring all three teams together on different days and hold different practices and scrimmages and things like that. Because I think as a, as a, as a head coach of a program, it's really easy like to just get, at least once the season starts, to just get totally sucked into your varsity team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all your focus is on them. And then you the season ends and you realize like you've neglected, you know, two thirds of your program. Uh, you may not know those you know athletes very well by the end of the season. And you, you kind of step back and go, oh, you know, have I really done the best I can do for everyone in our program? So the idea of practicing together once a week, I think, makes so much sense. And then it, on the leadership side too, girls become leaders. They become better teammates. They become, you know, they get a chance to. See, you know, if you're a freshman girl and you think you deserve to be on varsity and then you practice together with the varsity team, you get a chance to see in person like, oh, that's the level I need to be at. And I think there's just a lot of positives that come from that. Yeah. And we don't do it for our entire practice. Sometimes we only do it for a 30 minute session. Sometimes we do it for an hour. But again, like you said, it lets allows girls to see my face, it allows me to actually coach them as well instead of uh, the younger coaches I'm not, and the younger level coaches do a great job. But um, it gets them to see how I coach and how we can interact and all that good stuff. And another thing we do is uh, it's basketball is unique, but our JV and JV two uh, teams play before varsity, and I I require all the varsity team to watch those games before our games. So it's pretty cool to see them cheer for our JV game or cheer for our JV two game. And typically, what happens is the first JV two game, the varsity team goes to the JV two girls get a little scared. They're like, Oh, it's a varsity team here. But um, it's really cool when you get to see a close game and um, the varsity team doesn't get much audience, but just imagine the, the lower levels. And so when a close game happens, it's cool to see our, our varsity team cheer and get into it and give the girls uh, some sense of urgency. So it's just, it's a whole bunch of positives there. I was trying to think in my head, okay, so not counting COVID year or this year, I guess three years of, of games as a high school head coach. And then I started thinking like, okay, how many freshmen or JV games have I had a chance to watch? And it's, it's, it's probably two, I think, because we, we play on the same day, but we're, we're all playing at the same time, uh, mm-hmm. oftentimes in different locations. It's like, oh man, that's one thing for basketball that I'm super jealous of is that you get to you go to the game, you get to actually watch them play. And they, and as a, as an athlete, you get to see your program's varsity head coach at your game. And we might not think that's always a big deal, but if we think back to our own high school days as freshmen, if, if we were playing and the varsity head coach was there, that, that's a big deal. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I've, I've been to all the games uh, for the past three years. Sometimes I have to leave at half just because we have to get ready for our game. But I've been fortunate enough where how our games align that I, I'm able to go to all those games. And 
And I usually sit at the very last spot on their bench and just watch. And if I see something, I may talk to them a little bit. But again, I let the, the coaches at that level do the majority of the, the talking. But it is cool to kind of interact with them a little bit uh, during games and to see my face. And uh, I try to do that for our youth youth program as well. Yeah, that's that's it makes a lot of sense. Um, let's let's dive into this uh, interesting 2020 that we've had. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So in your your first year, you guys were 500. You went 12 and 12. Two years after that, you go combined 43 and 10. Uh, you had a second round loss in your second year, and then this past year, 1920, uh, you guys were legit. Um, make it to the state playoffs pretty easily throughout league. You just boat raced uh, a lot of teams um we had conversations a few times during the season of like how how it's it was a really tough year in terms of you're having to you know you'd, you'd have a 20 point lead after for the first quarter you need your starters to get experience like they can't just play one quarter every game you don't want to blow people out every game and then you look like a jerk so yeah, just the year you were having was really special like it was a really talented crew you get to the state playoffs uh the day comes where you're going to play in the semifinal game they make the decision to have no fans, and that morning everything gets shut down. It's all canceled. Season's over. See ya. Have a have a good trip home. When you found out, what was that conversation like with your players? It was probably not probably. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do as a coach, regardless of what level I was on. To so we we're at uh, the hotel, and everyone's in their hotel, and. Uh, the night before, I kind of got word, hey, this is the direction we might not have fans. And that was a big issue because we, we were getting a lot of support then. So uh, that was tough. But then the next day came and the news the news came probably around lunchtime. And uh, to knock on all the girls' door and we met in the hallway because that was just the easiest thing to do because we had five different rooms or whatever. Knocked on everyone's door. They all met in the hallway. And to tell uh, a group of girls that all their hard work, uh, all their dedication, all their blood, sweat, and tears, that it was over. Um, I, I still relive that every now and again in my head because it was, it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do just to, to see. I felt like a dream crusher right there. Like there, everyone, I can still see everyone's face just so sad there was crying uh, i was crying i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugarcoat it. it it was it was tough because at that time we were we were one of the hardest teams in the state i think we won 19 19 games in a row by then um and just to say that it's over and at the time we didn't know much about covid and uh, i'm not gonna lie i had my i, I was a little pissed off about it <laughs> um Looking back at it, obviously probably the right thing to do, but in the moment, just a lot of uh, sadness, frustration, upset, um, because we didn't we didn't get to determine our outcome. It, it was made by other people. It was made, made by a circumstance, and it's just it, at the end of the day, it was a good life lesson, uh, really, uh, for myself and for the girls. At the time, maybe not, and still probably not right now. Might not be uh, something they they want to remember, but I think it, it will make them all stronger. Um, but it was tough. You know, we talked about the South Salem girls basketball program, and the seniors in your crew had had grown up watching like excellence on the court. Like they knew they were going to get to play at South Salem. They were going to be in this like really storied basketball program. Um, you know, your first year we go 500 and then, the, you know, things start really picking up the second year and then they're flying their senior year. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, to, to feel really good about where they are. And, you know, for a lot of them, it's like this idea where you work your whole life towards this. Maybe you don't have the goal of winning a state title when you're 11, but you, you know, you've worked your whole life to have your senior season and you expect to get a chance to play it out, whatever that ends, you know, wherever it ends. Like you said, it's at least you have a say in the outcome. And then for, for the seniors to just have the rug pulled out from them for, I guess, four basketball programs for the girls. Um, it's rough. Yeah. So, honestly, I couldn't I couldn't really look them in, in the eyes uh, just for that reason. Um, I was fortunate enough to have. 
uh, incredible seniors last year um, that, again, bought into what I was trying to do day one um, and, and never looked back, never questioned. And obviously, they probably got frustrated at me at times, but um, those seniors, Victoria, Gretchen, Ellison, uh, Quincy, uh, were, were incredible leaders, uh, incredible basketball players, but more importantly, just incredible human beings. And again, to, to see that those, those dreams get crushed like that, it, it was tough. And we're still in 2020, so the saga continues. So as of right now, uh, your basketball season wouldn't start until May and it would end uh, mid to late June. So, you know, your your season isn't set to start for a long time now. Um, it's we're in this kind of weird waiting pattern here in Oregon for a lot of things. But it's still kind of taking its toll, obviously, on on all the sports, but on your program also. What kind of impacts is this freeze having on on your program? Uh, well, I'm just glad I didn't cancel it. So, <laughs> I really thought it was, yeah. so small victories with that. But um, since now we start, I think May 10th is the first first day we can start and we go through June. It's really had an impact on our, our seniors this year. Um, our our uh, player of the year in our league uh, is gra- graduated early. She graduated after quarter one and is headed to Lipscomb University December 26th. So that's just right around the corner. So Hillary James, she's leaving. She's probably one of the top guards in the state. Um, then other seniors like Zoe, uh, Jackie, Mimi, um, Tiani, they're all seniors as well. And uh, I think they're looking to graduate early. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough as a senior that you're going to wait all the way till May to play six weeks of basketball. Um, that means these seniors have to attend at least three pl- classes every quarter. That, mean, that means they have to pass three classes uh, every quarter. And with distance learning, that's hard. And all these seniors are, are smart kids, so they have all their credits by the end of this quarter. So basically, they're just taking classes to take classes for basketball. And it, it's, it's hard. And I've had some conversations with them about them graduating early, and I, I fully support it if I was – them, I would probably do the same thing, um, especially if I knew I, I could play at the next level. Why risk a six-week uh, season where there's probably no state championships, there's probably no playoffs, it's just six weeks to play. Uh, why would I risk all that um, if, I, if I have a chance to play at the next level? So my, my main goal over this last month, or two, last month or two is I've been sending film to all the colleges, emailing. Uh, different coaches, because uh, I think all these players can play at the next level. And they're getting a lot of looks. Uh, obviously, Hillary already signed with her school, but uh, these other players are, have chances to play at the next level too. So that's that's been my focus right now for them. Yeah, it's hard to blame them. <laughs> to, yeah. It makes a lot of sense to graduate. Uh, you could even get a job. You could work out. You could play on a yeah. private team. You could you could do a lot of things to get – you could take you – know, you could take – college credits right now at a community college and yeah like you and the, and like you said there's no promise that this season happens it's it's yeah. just an idea that maybe it'll happen but a lot of things got to change between now and then yeah so um uh, i know some of the girls may have been scared or, or worried to tell me that but again i i i'm always going to fully embrace and trust their decision they're always going to have my support again that's that's part of the family atmosphere that i've created i'm always going to be their biggest fan and now if they're a knucklehead i'll get on them but if they feel like this is the the right choice for them and their family then um, it's not my job to get in their way of, of what they were trying to accomplish i think one of the big things that comes from all of this is we we get to really stop and, and think about why high school sports are so important you know some of the things you've mentioned in in today's in today's conversation will be really evident in regards to this, but, you know, somewhere to ask you, you know, Adrian, you've had time to think about this. Um, high school sports have been more or less canceled in Oregon since March of 2020. Uh, why does it matter? You know, why do, why do high school sports matter? Why are they important? What would you respond with? 2020 has been crazy filled with uh, a lot of doubt, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. And, and I think sports is the best way to kind of escape that. I'm not saying they have to forget about it or, or anything like that, but it's they can get they can get their frustration out in the, their sport. They can just not think about 2020, and so I'm uh, 
very hopeful that we have some type of season. I don't care if it's just uh, sophomore baseball that plays. Give the give the students something to do because they really need to take their minds off of things right now. Um, because it's, it's 2020 has been tough. I, I couldn't imagine uh, being in their shoes right now. I really couldn't. Um, and how I would handle it. And, and there's a lot of great families out there, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of kids that need that support right now. There's a lot of kids that don't have that family at home that supports them or, or a family that can help them out. So um, sports are, are so important right now, um, not just this year, but every year, because it also gives kids chances to uh, be known or escape, like uh, kids that don't have a, a, a lot of income if they're a great athlete they can go t- on to college with a scholarship and uh, before that they had no no chance um it teaches kids teamwork communication hard work camaraderie it teaches them how to win it teaches them how to lose and it's okay to lose as long as you learn from it uh, they're just i think sports is so important um because of all these things and um, my best memories are from sports and I couldn't tell you the exact scores of some of my basketball games or football games, but I could tell you all the bus rides we had and all the all the dumb jokes we had on the uh, on the bus. Um, it's just something that uh, lasts a lifetime. I really think. Yeah, it just brought up a lot of memories for me. Some I can't share, not because they're bad, but just just <laughs> yeah. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, there's there's so much from sport that's that's so amazing that kids get that right now they don't really have access to. And kind of to your point, it almost right now we're in this weird situation where for states who who maybe don't have high school sports going on right now, it furthers that gap that you kind of alluded to. You know, the idea that if you don't have an income. Uh, you can be somebody through sports or you can maybe escape a situation that you're in. And now with without access to, you know, high school sports, which can be free or close to free, uh, or at least nowhere close to what you would pay to play privately. Now, a lot of those people are having to go play privately and pay exorbitant amounts of money. And so that gap kind of widens where if you have if you have access to money, you you can keep playing. There's ways to find a team and a place. And if you don't have money, uh, good luck to you. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, like it just furthers the gap for from uh, the financial situations that some families have and some don't. And again, I, I typically do the free clinics and stuff like that for those kids, and I, I, my hands are tied right now. So um, again, I hope 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 something happens soon. I know January fourth we might be able to do some outside stuff, but again. Um, some kids just need a way to escape life and, and sports does that. And some of my favorite kids have been kids that just use sports as an outlet because that's all they have and that's all they look forward to. And, and that's, that's pretty much why I coach is I want to make an impact on kids. I want to make, I want to leave them better than they got to me at, and um, whether that's college, whether that's just giving them hope at the, after high school, I don't care what the, what it is. I just want to be there for them. And I, I want to make sure whatever their dream is, I can help them achieve it. Armed with, with all the knowledge that you have now and your experiences and everything. I know you're still like me really, really early in your head coaching career, but armed with what you know now and what you've experienced and maybe even what you've learned over this year. Um, if you could go back to head coach Adrian Lewis in his first year as the head coach at South Salem, is there anything that you would warn him about, tell him about, give him advice about? Uh, that's a great question. Where do I start? I would, I would redo a lot of things, I feel like. Um, I thought I would really did a good job throughout my coaching career of just building relationships. But um, understanding how to coach your, your players or your kids that's in your program, um, I, think, I think I was arrogant enough that my way of coaching fits everyone as long as I had a good relationship with them, no matter, as long as I had a good relationship, I could coach them how I want them to be coached. And um, over the last two or three years, I've gotten really better at that, understanding what makes players tick and what makes players shrink. Um, And that's just by understanding, again, understanding what your players really want and how they communicate. I think a lot of it has to do with body language and, for me, uh, I'm not no small human being. I'm six seven, six seven. We'll say two eighty. 
Sasquatch. Uh, yeah, it was a little <laughs> beard. So That's if right. I get loud and animated and put my hands up, that could be intimidating for, for some people. So um, understanding my body language, understanding how to use my words, my tone, um, I think that's been the biggest thing over the last couple of years is uh, I try to remember, I call it 7, 38, 55, 7% of you, what you communicate is through words, 38% of it's through your tone and 55% of it's through your body language. Um, so if I'm going to get all my players for their body language, I have to hold myself accountable as well. I love it. 7, 38, 55. Yep. I like it. Uh, well, I, I've, I've enjoyed our conversation. I don't know if there's any parting thoughts you have, maybe something that maybe we, we didn't go deep enough into or something that might help, you know, somebody who's thinking about becoming a head coach or is in their coaching career or anything that might help other coaches. I would just, some people are, are so stuck in their ways. I feel like sometimes that they're not willing to adapt. Um, so like this past year, I don't know how many different, uh, college coaches, high school coaches I've talked to about. Um, X's and O's, uh, how to develop a youth program, um, just reach out. And if anyone is willing or wanting to talk basketball or anything in general, um, feel free to contact me. I'm all open for discussion about anything. Um, I think as coaches, we need to do a better job um, empowering each other. Uh, even though if we're not in the same sport, we still got to empower each other. Uh, I feel like every coach does something really well. And if we can all share those really well things, uh, in the long run, it'll just make us all better. So uh, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate this podcast. You had some incredible uh, people on here. Hopefully, I didn't disappoint. <laughs> no, man. I'm happy to have you on here. I think you're a, I think you're a treasure. And uh, like you said, you feel like you found your home with, with girls basketball and girls sport. And you wouldn't go back to the boys. And no offense to them, but... And I, I totally agree. I think what you're doing at South is really special. Uh, I think what you're doing for your daughter is really special. And I think just the the impact you're going to have on girls sports as we might feel like we're in our small little world in our own little corner, but I think the impact you're having on, on girls sports is going to be felt for a long time in a lot of different ways through a lot of different people. Thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it, Adrian. And I uh, wish I could say I'll see you at work tomorrow, but I guess I, I might see you at work, but we'll be just heading to our own little areas. <laughs> yeah, a little, uh, <laughs> Not getting COVID spread or anything like that. Yeah. No, again, thank you. I appreciate you. Appreciate your kind words. And uh, I hope you and your family are doing well. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find the High School Coaches Club by going to our website, www.highschoolcoachesclub.com in addition to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at HS Coaches Club. Coaches, trainers, administrators, uh, even players uh, can all provide us with stories that, that help us improve ourselves and the lives of our athletes too. So uh, here's the deal, everyone. Um, if you know somebody who'd make for an awesome guest here on the podcast, even if that somebody is you, uh, please email me at highschoolcoachesclub at gmail.com. Um, coaches, trainers, administrators, players of seriously any sport uh, at the high school level. Uh, if you've got something or you know somebody who's got something to offer up to the rest of us, um, please reach out to me. That's the best way to kind of help this community grow. Um, lastly, you can always reach out to me personally, and this is really the fastest way to get a response because I spend probably far too much time there. Um, on Twitter, uh, my handle is at Mr. Max Price. Uh, so hey, I appreciate you being a part of the High School Coaches Club. Uh, honored that you tuned in and, and spent some of your time here with us. Uh, so thank you for that. And as Coach Lee would say, loving you. <laughs>